0: here we go hello hello and welcome to the rock and roll podcast i'm your host john harris and today on the rock and roll podcast we have liar thief bandit and they have a new album called deadlights which is going to be released on may 14th via the sign records and right now i'm being joined by mike to share some more information about this release and what the band has got going on so mike welcome to the show thank you Absolutely great to have you on. Now, something we were chatting about before we hit record was that you, I think you said that you're a Gibson guy. I brought up the music video. I see the cowbell. I'm in love already. And then it looks like, is that you standing there with an explorer?
1: It is. It is. Okay. It's my goat. Yeah.
0: Take us through your guys' rig because you have a unique sound and a unique look.
1: Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I think our rig is pretty. Uh, pretty basic uh, we've got like well, the cowbell is of course very important in the drum sound for us mm-hmm. absolutely, but uh, other than that it's quite basic, I mean we got got uh, this player, Nicholas, has a lot of uh, distortion pedals that he likes to play around with to get a, a good rhythmic sound uh, since he's the rhythmic bass player since we're a trio uh, since we're a three-piece, it's like the guitar sound is very important since we have a lot of, uh, I do all the solos and all the rhythms. So when we play live, uh, it really needs to uh, not get thin, you know? So, I mean, I love orange, so I use orange for everything. Uh, uh, And then I have like a, uh, I, I, I use an overdrive as a, basically like an, like a a volume boost and that, that creates my sound. And uh, then we just plug in and play and sing basically.
0: Mm -hmm. Cool. You mentioned a trio. And the funny thing is you mentioned, you know, not sounding thin and having the bass player do some things that Mm -hmm. are required for, for trios. Um, I didn't even notice that you guys were only a trio. So I think you're making that work. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I hope so. I mean, uh when we record, of course we have some overdubs uh to make the sound thick, but every single detail and every single bar of a song that we create, we uh we really try to to make it work in a live setting as well so that when you listen to a record and then go see us live, you don't get like, hey, where's the other guitar? It's like if there's some significant thing that the guitar does uh, that is like a dual guitar thing, then we try to use it live as uh, Nicholas, the bass player, tried to do something live that thickens up uh, the melody or the chord or whatever, just so the overall sound sounds big enough, even though we're only three people. Uh-huh. So, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Are there some trio bands out there that you guys have looked to for? I don't want to say inspiration, but maybe as hey, they sound awesome, and there's only three people.
1: Well, uh, I mean, definitely, at least for me and William, the drummer, uh, as an inspiration for the for the three piece rock and roll sound in the modern day is probably Dank Jones. Okay. Canadians.
0: Uh-huh, Canadians, uh huh, Canadians,
1: so, uh huh. So and he plays a uh, Hagstrom, actually Swedish guitar. So full circle. It, you
0: know what? It it is full circle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So I mean, uh, the production on uh, some of, or actually a lot of, the Danko Jones records uh, are really appealing to our sound, even though we don't really uh, think that we sound. Like them, we have uh, slightly different influences that they do, and we have a slightly different approach than they do in songwriting, I think. Uh, but the sound and the way they make it from the record and then go out and play it live, that, that kind of transition has really uh, inspired us to do uh, do it in quite the same way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I actually just went down a Danko Jones rabbit hole on the internet, realizing that I need to be... <laughs> going down a liar, thief, bandit rabbit hole on the internet right now. Um, Cause I've had the opportunity to chat with them and it has been foiled. Like, I think like three or four times. And I don't know, you know sometimes that happens <laughs> with bands, you know? Yeah. Um, sure. And I was just noticing that uh, they haven't done anything for a while, but there's rumors that they might be doing something. So. Yep. Okay. But people who are doing something right now, is Liar Thief Bandit catch and release. I also you mentioned a bunch of gear in this music video for catch and release. I'm seeing a lot of this gear. I'm seeing your orange rig, um, the cowbell. I mean, this is fantastic. How long did it take you guys to assemble what I'm seeing here? Even in its simplicity, and I think that's the beauty of it, is the simplicity. It's like good pizza. It's dough, it's sauce, it's cheese. <laughs> but damn it, it's good. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, how long did it take to assemble? You mean like the video itself or the the equipment?
0: You know, let's go down the the video because. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys record all of the album and the the videos videos plural maybe uh, in twenty twenty like amidst the pandemic or were things pretty relaxed in Sweden?
1: Uh, well, it's. Uh uh we we recorded the album in 2020 uh in may may june and then uh this music video we actually did in uh in 2021 we did it in january okay uh and we did it almost all by by ourselves uh we had like we had uh, a friend a photographer uh and then we had uh, a friend helping out but other, other than that, we did everything ourselves, so it was really uh, a DIY experience. Uh, <laughs> trying to make it make it look as uh, professional as possible.
0: <laughs> you know, I think what does it is the lights, because if you guys yeah. didn't have the lights, <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. is, it, is it the lights that are giving that orange glow? Because speaking of orange, mm-hmm. the first thing mm-hmm. I felt when I see the video is. I'm hit with orange. And then you also happen to use orange amps. Is that... Yeah. Was that something you guys were going um, for?
1: Uh, not from the beginning, but I think in post... Yeah, I think in editing, I think that because our drummer, William, uh, did the editing for, for the video. And I think he put some uh, some glare or some effect that made it look a little warmer uh, because it we, we really... F- felt that that suited the um, uh the feel of the music video. Okay. So I think that has to do with it. Mm-hmm. And he is also very he's very much into uh matching things together. So I think that the lights, the warmth from the lights and from the orange and from the copper drums and everything, I think that was an influence to make it look like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now another question I have is uh it sounds like you guys have dialed in your tone. Is that what we're hearing on the record? Is that like your rig and those drums? Is that what we're hearing yes. on the record? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Now catch and release is the second single off of the record. First single was good enough. Groovy. okay, so first single was first single was good enough, yeah. yeah?
1: Uh, yeah, that's great.
0: So take us through these two singles. Is this a label decision for these singles, or was this your guys's uh, input?
1: Uh, the initial input was ours, and uh, the label said that it was quite funny because they had think they had been thinking of those two singles as well as the fir- first and the second. So we were uh, we were uh, on the same page from the get go. But it was initially. Uh, I think it was uh, our our uh, decision from the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And it just the songs just spoke to you, and they said, or what, did you guys write those with the intention of them being singles?
1: Uh, um, both yes and no. I think that when we wrote them, because we wrote those two very early in the in the in the process, uh, and I felt that. These two could really be uh be singles, but I didn't know since we didn't we hadn't written the whole album yet so but when we had and we looked at it, it was like, yep, yeah, those two are still the strongest ones so it 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 was an easy pick actually
0: cool and then the other the other songs just felt like orphaned children, just
1: uh no i mean uh, well uh <laughs> i I jokily. <laughs> I I jokingly say that I only write hit songs uh, because <laughs> I always uh, <laughs> I always uh, try to uh, to make every song have that significant uh, chorus or that significant thing that that would potentially make make you uh, make you interested, uh, but somehow there's there are always there will always be uh, songs that will stand out for you as a musician or for someone as as the audience and it's not always the same but I'm I strongly believe that we have very few if any deep cuts
0: <laughs> well <laughs> you're Swedish so you've got actually like the weight of the whole world on your shoulders to write great music you know it's kinda
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. a heavyweight.
0: It is a, big, it is a massive heavy weight. Yeah. Um, sweet. Now, this is the third album. Is there something that you guys wanted to do with regard to the third album?
1: Uh, we wanted to uh, take it up a notch. We wanted to put it in third gear, and third gear would mean uh, that we had accelerated uh, as much as we could. We wouldn't... Any uh, really wanted uh, to find a record label uh, that that we were very uh, comfortable with and we wanted to work with people and work with everything regarding the sounds and go uh, the songs going into the studio the whole experience we wanted everything to like take every experience we had good and bad from before and just make it right. It's like, I I don't want to say that it's a make or break record, but for us, it's really, uh, we've worked so, so hard up till this and, uh, now we can finally, uh, show off everything that we are capable of. So yeah, it's a pretty important record for us.
0: Yeah. Now something that happened when you were first starting to explain the part about kicking it up a notch, going into third Mm -hmm. gear, unfortunately we had a couple connection issues and then we came back in at the part about finding a label. Um, all right. Yeah. You wouldn't mind touching base again on the kicking it up a notch in the third gear part.
1: Of course I can take that thing again. Do you want to ask the question again or
0: what was my question? My question was, what were you guys going for with a third release?
1: Well, with the third release, we really felt that we wanted to take everything up a notch and put everything uh, in what I would like to call a third gear. We released two two albums before we hit the road and played almost 200 shows. We uh, uh, we really, really grinded our gears. And now uh, with the third album, we have all the experience, uh, good and bad, to put into this uh, these songs, this release uh, in every aspect. So uh if there are people in the world that hasn't uh gotten uh, a glimpse of us yet this is the time so yeah deadlines is a very important record for us
0: <laughs> um 200 <laughs> 200 shows that's that's a lot of shows
1: yeah all, all, almost almost 200 i think it's like 170 180 something like that okay in a three-year time something like that three four years
0: yeah, yeah. did were you guys able to test some of this material in those shows or was all of this material written by the time the pandemic and lockdown happened?
1: Uh, We actually did. We had, uh, it's funny that we mentioned the singles before because good enough and catch and release are uh, the two songs that we actually played live before the pandemic hit. So a couple of people that already had seen us live and they heard the songs during the pandemic, they're like, I've heard this before. I'm like, yeah, you have a good, you have a good memory because we always try to play some new songs live, uh, uh, just to try them out before we go into recording. So some of the songs were written. I think almost all of the songs were written before the pandemic. Yeah.
0: Okay. Which is smart. Did you guys make a lot of tweaks and changes to the tracks? Like you'd play it for an audience and maybe they weren't digging it and then you would keep trying things or how did that work?
1: Uh, basically, I mean, usually we don't change that much, uh, but what we can, what we find out when we play them live is that even if it's the first time they hear it, I mean, it could be the sound, uh, at the venue as well, of course, but usually, uh, we can figure out like when, when people start to get a little bored or it's like, don't bore us, get to the chorus or something like that, you know? So sometimes we tweak it a little bit and make it a little shorter just to, Cut to the chase, or something like that. But usually, usually it works from the get go.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned some experiences, good and bad, that have gone into this record. Uh, what are some of the key experiences that you think really defined what we're holding in our hands today, as far as this record is concerned? Uh,
1: I think it's. Uh, I think it's a two-part answer. I mean, uh, since I'm writing uh, most of the. Uh, of the songs I write all the songs, but I mean the lyrics uh, especially are very uh, uh, they're very heavy on personal experience, uh, it could be relationships, uh, uh, it could be uh, friendships or uh, things that are, and it also happens to uh, be about things that we've experienced on tour, even though I'm not saying in the song that it's about an experience on tour, it's like, because everything is part of life, you know? So I think that for this record, uh, there are a lot of, uh, uh, there are a lot of parallels from, uh, stuff in my personal life and stuff that happens on, on tour. And that's like, or being in a band and that's basically, uh, finding something positive, even though, you have a lot of uh you have a lot of trouble getting there like keeping your head above water or uh trying to get out of a situation that seems hopeless uh stuff like that and uh and and i can really feel that there's there are sem- there are similarities from being in a band or having a love relationship or having to deal with friends and family and so on so yeah
0: okay now, I guess my only other follow-up question to that two questions actually, Mike. Does this record have a theme? Like what does Deadlights mean and why a picture of Joshua trees on the cover?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um Deadlights is uh from the beginning it was an an expression, uh, or like a word that I was playing with. And the word was headlights. So like, you know, the headlights of a car, uh, the last thing you see before you get struck by a car is the headlights uh, and so on. And I was thinking, well, if you see those, those headlights, you, you'll be dead. And then I went for deadlights and then I wrote a song that didn't really have anything to do with the expression other than, than the that I really uh associated the song with what I was thinking about when I when I uh tasted the, the word deadlights mm-hmm. and afterwards I found out that uh that the it novel and movie the Stephen King uh the Stephen King story uh that the deadlights are these it's like uh that creature's, uh, uh, in the air, other than associated with whatever you want. So that's deadlines. And well, for the Joshua tree, actually, uh, am I, am I, uh, allowed to, uh, do a shout out to another podcast on here? Is that okay?
0: Sure. I won't get too terribly jealous.
1: Good. <laughs> because there's uh, there's this guy called Ed Peterson from Seattle in the U.S. He he's a very good photographer, and we only know of him because he has a podcast called The High Gain. I don't know if you know it, but it's like a guitar, uh, a very nerdy guitar uh, uh, podcast. And me and Nicholas, especially in the band, the bass player, we listen to this a lot. He's actually the one that turned me on to it. And we listen to this podcast a lot, and so we follow this podcast online and then we see these pictures from this guy ed and we're like this is amazing these are really great photos so we write the guy and we're like yeah we love the podcast lala la. and then we're like so what's up with these photos like, they're great and he's like yeah well i just took them in joshua tree i was there on vacation and we're like well if we credit you can we use this on the cover it's like, yeah of course sure so it's actually just him taking pictures that we love and uh, then we've had a discussion of like, is this the artwork of an action rock band, a garage rock band? Is this what people would do? And the answer is no. And we feel like, all right, then we're on the right track because we want to get to a broader audience. We want people to find a record and feel like, cool picture, what is this? You know, get some attention from something that we uh, feel is very good, uh, cool looking. So that's why.
0: Joshua Tree. Okay. All right. Well that answers my question. <laughs> uh cool. Not to look into the podcast. I've I've never heard of it. I actually don't listen to podcasts, which uh and I don't I don't know any other podcasters, which I think is kind of funny for some people, but I don't know. I don't like podcasts. I'm like but, <laughs> but, but John, you run one, I know, and I don't know why.
1: Yeah. That was my, that was my question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, at least you don't get inspired by other podcasts or influenced. I mean, like Michael Schenker doesn't listen to any music at all because he doesn't want to, his, his, uh, his own music to be, to be interfered by other influences. I don't know if it's, if, it, if it's true or not, but that's what he claims.
0: Yeah. So, him and, him and Sting. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing for Sting uh field mm-hmm. fields of bali came on the other day and my wife and i were like this song's like 30 years old now
1: no yeah, oh, that's crazy
0: i know one day we'll be listening to <laughs> liar thief bandit and i'll be like pushing 60 years old and we'll be like man this song's like 30 years old now yeah quite the catch. That's crazy i know quite the catch and release there <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Well, I believe that concludes all of my questions. We chatted about the first two singles, good enough, catch and release, the music video for catch and release, the uh, recording, the writing, the playing, uh, the live setup, the equipment we see in the music video and here on the record. Um, Is there anything I missed that you wanted to chat about, Mike?
1: Uh not really. Uh I just wanted to say that we have uh recently co- uh, got uh the third single out. It's called Right From Wrong. Uh and there will be a fourth single in in April as well. Well. Wow. And uh then the album uh, Deadlights is uh, uh, is released on uh, May 14th. Okay.
0: Beautiful. All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on to the Rockwell podcast today.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure.